Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, my guest is lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about the surge in housing starts and whether that means the housing recession is over. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, talking with Melinda Wilner, Chief Operating Officer at UWM, about PA+. Melinda, why should independent mortgage brokers and processors take advantage of this tool? So it's a great new tool, but we're fans of processing of any way. So whether it's an in-house processor, a contract processor, or using PA Plus is a great way to go. We believe that it increases efficiency for loan officers and broker owners to focus on getting new business and working on the business rather than chasing around documents. Thanks, Melinda. And listeners, you can find out more at uwm.com. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. It is wonderful to be here, Sarah. It's great to have you. You have already been on stage today at the Gathering of the Eagles, which is an event that um, HW Media with Housing Wire and Real Trends puts on. Great session that you did. Uh, but today I want to talk about what we got today, the report on the housing starts. Big, big print. Tell me what's going on there. Yes, there was a almost a shock and awe response when this report came out because, you know, a lot of people use housing as a indicator for their economy. Um, housing leads you into a recession and it takes you out of recessions. But if you are a bearish economic person and the builder's confidence index is starting to rise on you, if housing starts start to come up top on you, you're losing your own uh, uh, recession model. So, uh, it was a very big print. I do think the numbers are going to get revised lower. Um, that's how big the report was. But the question now is, is the housing recession over? That is the question. And you wrote a, a whole analysis piece on that. So tell me, is the housing recession over? Now, I have my own model for the housing uh, recession to be over. Uh, I traditionally want to see demand pick up uh, for the existing home sales market. But for the for the new home sales sector, the builder's confidence index has bounced bounced hard since November of 2022, when the forward-looking early index, uh, a part of the report, started to pick up the housing recovery, and uh, it's been going off ever since. Now, we have a very unique dynamic here. The builders are taking advantage of the savagely unhealthy housing market in the sense that there's very low inventory and mortgage rates are high. So what do they have? They have products they can sell that are very good, and they could bring lower mortgage rates into the mix. So imagine if the existing home sales market was at 55 or 5%, you know, we'd have much more home sales today. Well, they can do stuff like that, move product. Uh, I've always said the builders are efficient sellers. They sell their homes as a commodity. They don't have an existing homeowner that has a very low housing cost that needs to find another home or housing tenure or anything like that. They, 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 they're, they're business people. So uh, when the builder's confidence index is rising, you go with that. Um, but here, the one thing that's missing is housing permits. And this is the funky, um, strange housing market uh, that we have. Because of the backlog in uh, orders, the builders have a lot of uh, uh, homes to still sell. There's a lot of homes that are under construction that haven't even started yet. So their monthly supply data has 
been coming down. Their cancellation rates have been falling. But for me, I'd like to see monthly supply uh, below six and a half months on a three-month moving average. Then you start to see permits pick up. So I think part of the things that I had to do today is explain housing stars are great. Builders' confidence great. Permits, not so much. But everyone's got their own model. This was mine. And so far, permits have kind of held in line to what the model says. Uh, builders like to see uh, monthly supply below six and a half months and new home sales rise. And then they can start issuing permits. And then we can have that conversation, I believe. But uh, really shocking report. I mean, I, I I saw some of the more bearish economic recession people just move their recession targets out after this report because they're like, okay, we didn't have housing starts up this much or you know, the builder's confidence. So I get it. I get it. It was a, it was a a glorious day in that regard. It was a glorious day there, but you still think it's a premature call to say we're out of the housing recession. You know, a lot of, a lot of my friends say, just say it, just say it. And trust me, if I really thought the permits were going to take off and uh, existing home sales are going to take off, then I wouldn't have a problem. I mean, I'm the COVID-19 recovery guy. I was like, April 7th, I said, game's on. Here we go. You got to run with the data. It's a little bit different now. Uh, Of course, the existing home sales market, existing home sales are still trending at 10-year lows. Uh, So that hasn't recovered or anything in that manner. If if existing home sales are trending between 4.7 to 5.3 million, 12 months average, something like that, then you got got demand kicking back up there. I think, at least I believe, you're going to need to have lower rates with duration. Okay, so bond market people don't get mad at me about duration. I'm talking about mortgage rates staying low for a longer period of time. And a good example, actually, that was a question today at the uh, uh, at the event. You know, what will it take to get existing home sales back up to you know the five million level? And I said, if you look back in what happened on November 9th, and just to remind everybody who's the only person I talked about November 9th, December, January, we had three months of positive purchase application data as rates started to fall lower and lower. They didn't have the uh, up and down uh, sequence. Uh, they they had duration and it gave us one of the biggest existing home sales reports in history. It all filtered into that one month. But imagine mortgage rates heading lower below 6%, you know, five and a half, five percent And it just stays there for a while and it allows people to sell their homes and buy homes and first-time homebuyers then we got something here. But as I notoriously had to bring out the Gandalf line in the chart in the, car, uh, the event today, I said, I wish I could believe this, but that Gandalf line was created for a reason. And I just don't think we get down to those levels until the labor market breaks. And that's why it's, it's a little bit different than the existing home sales market. But the builders, permits, if permits go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that, right? I, I take that aspect of the housing recession off. But uh, not there yet, but a very, very positive report. Very, you know, you consider last year at this time, people started talking about the big housing collapse and and home prices falling 20, 30, 40%, and, you know, people losing their homes to foreclosures. And now here we are with very low unemployment, housing starts kicking up, builders' confidence. Uh, so it, it, it's such an extreme dynamic. And I just want to remind everyone it was this all happened on November 9th and follow <laughs> weekly data. Uh, you follow forward looking data because it'll guide you when the market turns positive or negative. Either way, um, the existing home sales market for the last five purchase application data has been negative. So it's not like this is a booming market in there. So you have to separate the existing home sales market and the new home sales market and housing starts and 
eventually they they will all be positive together. We're not there just yet. Not yet. It's ironic. We are the last podcast we did was talking about one year later after the housing recession, and here we are. It's like oh, so close. Some indicators are there. Yeah, some indicators are there. I, and, and I think the 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 really important aspect is nobody knew how the housing market would react with rates falling from seven to six percent. Um, and just because home sales are so low, uh, uh, we got a bounce there. So it just, I'm telling you, man, you get, you, if you get rates to 5%, five percent, five and a half percent, you can get a, a lot more firmer housing data. Uh, and even my most fanatical, crazy housing bubble boyfriend, uh, they would actually have to throw in the tile for their 20 or 30% home price crash thing. But we're not there yet. So there's still a lot of work to do. But this is encouraging in the sense that the builders are moving product. And that's good for future permits. But we're not quite there yet. And the existing home sales market, not much is really going on. I love it because in in this story that you just wrote, you know, is housing out of a recession? Is there, is the recession over? Housing recession over? You said you know, can you imagine what we would, the kind of market we would have if we had mortgage rates in the fives or, you know, low six? I'm like, yes, I can imagine. I want that market back. <laughs> yeah. We you, need know, it. you know, that's, that's always the question I get uh, everywhere I go. When are mortgage rates falling? And I was like, that's a Gandalf line. Is this going to be tough? You know? Uh, and I had to explain, you know, why create a Gandalf line? And I was like, if you really believe that the 10 year yield can't break, you're going to have to pick us, pick a line like we did uh, last year, October 27th. You know, who was the crazy person that said, you know what? I think the 10 year yields peaked. No, I don't think. I believe the 10 year yields peak and the next move should be lower in mortgage rates. And, but you have to have your own channel. I know this is geeky stuff. No, nobody is such a nerd to create bond market channels, you know, and be really excited about it, except this guy. And uh, uh, we hold that line until the labor market breaks in. It's not like it wasn't tested. I mean, you know, I was laughing while I was on stage. I mean, they 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 try to break that eight different times to go lower, but I said Gandalf should hold it there until uh, the labor market gets softer. And uh, I think it, it, when that comes, um, you know, one of the things I emphasize to the uh, the, the crowd today, I said you're going to hear a lot of talks about recession and people losing their jobs. Always keep everything in context. Um, when I wrote the COVID-19 recovery model and my smart economic friends were telling me, what are you thinking about housing rebounding? 20 to 30 million people are unemployed, Logan, come on. And I said, okay, do you see that army behind me? What army? That's 133 million Americans working with lower mortgage rates and you have 20 to 30 million. Who's going to win this war? We are, right? So, um, if more, if mortgage rates fall, when they fall, uh, and, and we keep, keep rates lower for a, a longer duration, just always remember, we're not going to ever lose the amount of jobs that we lost to COVID, right? That was 20, 30 million people in months, all right? If we're losing 1 to 2 million people over 12 to 18 months and mortgage rates fall, always remember your army is bigger than theirs, your army is going to be 154 million people against their 2 million people, right? So keep that in perspective and sales are low. If sales were trending at 6.5 million, like they were at the start of 2020, it's a different conversation. But because home sales collapsed in the biggest fashion ever recorded in modern day history, it's a different different type of a, a backdrop. And 
that was COVID. COVID, we got to 4 million home sales like in two months. Like it was just a collapse because nobody did anything. But once people started to behave normal again, they bought homes again. Here, it's a different story. We got to 4 million from six and a half in one year and home sales stopped crashing. And that's with mortgage rates between six or seven. What if you get down to five, um, you got something here. And, you know, people just want to buy homes and live their lives and they're sick and tired of these older people buying homes and younger people just want to buy homes and have families and do what Americans always do. It's just a house to live in. It's, you know, it's not a giant Ponzi scheme More like, you know, the <laughs> Federal Reserve has ruined the entire planet Earth. But uh, uh, so there's there's some encouraging signs this year. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, but uh, you think about what the housing market just had to go through with all that housing inflation, low active listings, the biggest mortgage rate increase, it could be a lot worse today. Um, so stabilization in the data, that's the key phrase. Uh, builders' confidence is up. You really, when you bounce that hard from uh, a low level, historically going back to the late 80s, that's an economic expansion. That's a housing recovery. You know, So there's just a little bit of dynamics now because of the COVID-19 delays, but we will guide you all the time. We will guide you. So I have uh, a couple of questions about that. So one of the data lines that you pointed out in this report was completions, which has been the lagging line this whole time. So tell me about that. And are we, is it lagging still because we are still having those supply chain issues? We suck in building homes. (laughs) I mean, just the absolute horror of how long it's taking now. You know, COVID-19 was fair, right? supply uh, uh, chains issues. Okay, I get that. You know, that's the history of global pandemics. It's always inflationary because nobody's working normal. Not shocking, right? You go back to the history, 800 years of pandemics. But here, COVID's over with. We got to get these things going. And the housing completions, people that see that chart in the article, man, that is, that's brutal. It is, it is the saddest thing I've seen in housing economics in like 20 years. It is so slow. My tortoise looks like Bugs Bunny, you know? No, not not Bugs Bunny. looks like the Roadrunner compared to housing completion. (laughs) So, uh, um, and I I really just want to get as many apartments out as possible. Multifamily construction is, uh, units under construction is still high. So we got a lot of units coming online, right? The best way to deal with inflation, Sarah, is always supply, right? If you're trying to defeat inflation by demand destruction, that's only a short-term fix. And eventually that uh, impacts the uh, future supply growth. So uh, get those apartments. It was up to me. I'd get the National Guard, Marines, Navy. I'd get every single one. I'd get them out there, get them fixed, get them up there and uh, uh, get that supply up and going. So you said we suck at building, but I mean, is it really a supply chain issue? Is it is it because lumber? I mean, what is the deal? You know, I mean, longer term, um, if you look at construction productivity in America, it's the worst out of all the sectors we have. Uh, we just don't have that kind of technology and advancement and productivity in building homes. And now in this in this environment, um, if, if you look at housing completions and housing permits and starts from the peak in 2005, they all kind of move down together here. We're just slowly building and finishing these homes and the builders are, you know, maybe take a little bit more time than normal just to get it done because they want to get that backlog over. So there's a, there's a good long history about housing. I mean, I mean, think about it in this way, the 1950s, we built homes with 
hammers and nails. We kind of still do that now. So uh, we haven't got the, the, the productivity growth there, but the apartment construction is really just frustrating. And uh, um, I just want to get as many apartments out there because I just want to destroy that rent inflation because I hate the comparisons to the 1970s. And uh, um, this is a bit of a big talking point. That supply will help on top of the growth rate of rents are already cooling off. So uh, get those apartments and buildings out there, right? And we know that the, the Fed looks at rent inflation. It, it plays a big part in when they are going to see, yes, inflation is cooling off. We can not only not, you know, pause on raising rates, uh, rates maybe we can lower it. The Fed should have been over three rate hikes ago. The growth rate of inflation is slowing down. It's now going to go into its core deceleration. If they do one more rate hike, oh, God, you know, but, um, you know, the, I mean, shelter is what, you know, I, I talked about this in the, in the uh, event today, 44.4% of CPI inflation is shelter and core CPI lags and the growth rate of rents, you know, we're 9.1% a year ago, almost uh, toward the end of the year. And now we're looking with a three handle suit. Uh, so things have changed, right? Um, and uh, America needs to start getting on living again. Right. So we don't need the Fed to say, we must destroy. We must destroy. No. Everyone is, let's go back to normal living and everything. And you don't have to like over hike into economy. Right. Uh, we, there's going to be student loan payments that are going to come back. Um, there's going to be commercial loan shocks, you know, credit getting tighter. You don't need to overdo it. We're fine. We're good. We want an economic expansion because we don't want people losing jobs. Because when people lose jobs, families having trouble, you know, you know. Uh, a tighter labor market is a good thing, always. What has the Fed said this week? We had such a big Fed week last week. Any any uh, talking points? No, I mean, some of the talking points now is like it's starting to get stale. Inflation's too high. We need two percent. Inflation's too, and then Waller, of course, when Waller speaks, ah, we hike. We need to hike more and stuff. So I, I think part of part of what we've talked about here in the podcast over the last year is part of this is the Fed has to talk tough. But one of the things that I've noticed is that the stock market has rallied good this year. So the Fed isn't doing their, we need to kill the stock market lines anymore. I, I don't know if anybody else has picked up on that. A year ago, they'd be coming on TV, we need the stock market to go down, destroy it, destroy it. And, and kind of they're just whatever. Yeah, you know, they, there's no real targeting the stock market and wealth effect or anything like that. So I, to me, they're they're coming toward the end and I think – the, the evolution of this process with the Federal Reserve is we have to start focusing on what they do next because the kind of heavy lifting is done and they need to endure, right? You know, the, the longer term downtrend in, of, of the growth rate of inflation. Remember, inflation is always growing. It's really the growth rate that slows or goes up is in. We get some supply back in there, get people working and producing stuff. We got this. Right, you don't have to create a job loss. I mean, clearly, what I what I what I would say to everybody is that the Larry Summers of the world, or the Jason Furmans, or people like that, that said you need unemployment rates at six or seven percent to defeat. No, you don't. No, sir. We took care of that one. Right, the growth rate of inflation came down with a tighter labor market, so that is a positive. Uh, um, so just be careful. Careful, old guys talking about unemployment rates have to rise, and uh, I think I think that's that's one of the positive things. I'm hoping people can understand this: that we had a lot of guys say you'd have to 
break this economy and destroy it, to ruin inflation. The labor market's too tight, and the labor market's still tight, and the inflation went down for itself. What a glorious country we live in right now. And I love it, right? Because a lot of bearish people uh, are hating that fact. Okay, next topic, existing home sales. How does that play into everything that we've already talked about, about the housing housing in a recession? Okay, so the existing home sales market, uh, we're going to get that report uh, coming up this week. Um, purchase application data, year to date, flat. We had 11 positive prints, 11 negative prints. The last four of the last five reports have been negative. Nothing spectacularly bad, but still soft. So not much is going on there. And early on in the year, I, uh, I kind of said, I think that one big print will be the top for the year. Um, if you really think you're going to get existing home sales uh, to really start growing, you'd have many, many months of positive data like we did in uh, November, December, January. Just imagine if that positive streak ran all the way until the end of the year. We're having over 5 million existing home sales again. Uh, but we, we don't have that right now. Rates are too high for that to continue. But we've stabilized and I think that when, when the existing home sales report comes out, and remember, existing home sales report is old and slow. Here at Housing Wire, <laughs> we have the weekly data, and we are the freshest up to the up to the week. So we kind of have uh, the info before you see it in traditional channels, and uh, kind of we we're seeing uh, like we've talked about in the tracker article. You know, uh, the housing demand is slowing down as mortgage rates hover near the seven percent level. Um, but they're not collapsing like we did last year. And again, when sale levels are so low, uh, um, it's really hard to get you know existing home sales to go from six and a half million to four million to four million to two million without demand crashing. And just right now, we're in the stabilization period, so uh, uh, rates are too high to get kind of growth in the existing home sales market. So I'm I, I'm looking for a flat to lower print uh, coming up this on a month to month level, but. Again, stabilization is the is the term I would use for the existing home sales market. Again, something that you know, it's not it's not saying the recession's over. It's not saying the recession. It's, it's sort of just an indicator to keep an eye on. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, we took the biggest shot you could possibly imagine, right? Forbearance, COVID, the biggest mortgage rate increase in recent history, the biggest collapse, and housing is still kind of intact. And one of the things I presented at the at the event is that credit channels are different right homeowners are doing great homeowners are doing great you look at their credit profiles balance sheets it's it's unbelievable we just updated the uh, mortgage payment as a percentage of disposable on and it fell again right wages are going up uh, a lot of people have low fixed debt costs and that's why it's the best hedge on planet earth sarah wheeler the 30-year american mortgage right america strong right canada doesn't have it Norway, Sweden, uh, a, a lot of countries, Australia, you know, long-term fixed debts is an American story and it is a beautiful story to have. <laughs> it is. It's why I've bought three homes in the last few years. So yes, absolutely. Well, Logan, thank you so much for being on. Of course, we talk to you um, every couple of days and you also come out with the housing market tracker to keep people, you know, informed about about the three things that you feel like are, are the most important forward-looking data points, which is? Inventory, bond yields, purchase application data, right? And the crazy story, this is actually going to happen. I can't believe I'm saying this. Actually, I can, but for other people, we might have negative year-over-year inventory data coming up soon in the weekly data. I mean, for that to even be a conversation must show you that homeowners are doing wonderful, Sarah. 
Oh, I know they are. You know, it's part of the whole mortgage rate lockdown theory. (laughs) Which was debunked twice in this event. Mike Simonson did it as well as I did. Uh, We we, uh, have the same similar thought on this process. Uh, We might explain it differently. But yeah, we both think the mortgage rate lockdown is not a thing. I'm outnumbered now two to one by data people. That's not good. (laughs) Sure is win this one. Yeah, well, we will see. Um, Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. Pleasure as always, Sarah. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.